Esther chapter 7 is where we are. Have you ever asked the question, where is God in all this? Where is he? Where is God in all of this? Well, in our story in Esther, if you turn there, it's in the Old Testament. Somewhere close to the middle, not a little bit to the left of the middle. You'll see Esther made queen. And then she becomes queen, and Mordecai realizes some great things, taking care of her, and then Haman rises to power with the king. Mordecai won't bow to Haman. So Haman's pretty upset, so he decides to kill Mordecai. Better than that, let's just kill the whole Jewish population. He gets the king on board to do that. And so he has that all wrapped up, ready to go. They find out about it. Everybody knows that in the whole Persia kingdom, on 11 months from now, certain, certain day, all the Jews will be annihilated. Can you imagine that? It's crazy. So, Mordecai still won't bow to Haman. Well, that really makes him upset. He builds the gallows. Remember the gallows? To hang Mordecai on. He's going to go see the king and had the king A-OK to have him hung on that. Well, Last week in chapter 6, if you look there, Mordecai got honored. Remember, he came in, Haman did, thinking that his boss was all excited about him, and he made Haman take Mordecai through the city on the horse. Remember that? His robe and all that. Things kind of turned on a dime. So now and today, we are left with, let's look at the verse, first few verses of the last part of 6. It says here, while they were still talking, this is um, Mordecai and Haman, while they're all still talking, um, the king's eunuchs arrived at where Haman's house and took him away to the banquet that Esther had prepared. Now remember, the king said to, to Esther, what do you want? What do you want up to half my kingdom? And what happened? She said, well, if you come tomorrow, to my banquet. They went to the banquet. What do you want, darling? Well, if you come tomorrow to another banquet I have. Okay. So this is the second banquet that is about to be prepared. Think about it. I mean, <clears throat> things that transpire, these Jewish people are away from home. They're in a foreign land. They're away they have been told that they will be annihilated. To even enter the king's presence without being summoned is death. So for Esther to even walk into his presence was a major ordeal. Can you imagine being, I mean, you're transplanted. I mean, when I go home, I go to my neighborhood, I've been there 23 years. I feel pretty comfortable. I walk around like I've been there for years, right? Hey, Bill, hey, Ted, how you doing? You know, right? Hey, nice dog. How's it going? Oh, you kind of knew what you wanted. I feel comfortable. Can you imagine walking around Persia? Oh. They say, hey, 10 months from now, you're gone. Whoa. Can you imagine that type of atmosphere? So now 
she has went before the king, and the king's agreed to the terms for these banquets, which is um, unheard of. Awesome. And so now, here is Haman and Mordecai. Now, Haman, he knows that something's happened. He knows that the wave is not going his way. He went home and talked to his wife about it. She's like, this is not good. This isn't good. Um, let me say it again. This isn't good. So we enter into today's story realizing that the tide is turning. There's a verse I want to read before we start the story. And this is really bugs me, okay? Um, have you ever read Romans 8.28? You ever read Romans 8.28? How about Romans 8? Romans 8.28 says this. And just leave us up for quite some time. <clears throat> and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. How can a death of a child be good? How can cancer be good? How can your house burning down? How can that be good? How can, right? Does that make sense? How can all that work together for the good? I have a problem with that, don't you? You have a problem with that? Oh, you already figured it all out. Good, because I was really struggling with that this week. Because that kind of came to memory as I looked at this text thinking, all right, then I went back to Joseph's life. Remember Joe? Man, he went through some stuff, right? We could take some time and talk about it, right? I mean, you were thrown out and sent to Egypt, sold by your brothers. I mean, come on. I mean, my brother used to hold me down and peck him. You know how you, you know what I'm saying? When they get on top of you, and they, that, that, that hurt. That was temporary. We're talking every day, all day. You're in this other, right? Joseph, he's away from home. Can you imagine? Then, accused and thrown in prison. Not just a couple days, probably three, four years. I've been to a prison, I want to go there, right? Then, finally, the Lord shows up. Yeah, right? And he becomes second king. Why am I telling you this story? Because at the very end of chapter 50 in Genesis, Joseph says to his brothers in front of him, he says, you meant it to harm me, but God meant it for good. So I'm going with this. How can everything I'm going through be for the good? Salt, sodium chloride, NaCl for you chemistry geeks out there. Yeah, you right, you're like, yeah, NaCl. That's a, you got the little balls out, the little the little tubes. You're hooking them together, right? Remember, right? There's always a few of you guys out there that do that. I was not that guy. I was just like, just get through chemistry somehow, some way. Just get me through. I think it's life. Just get me through. I did. I think it's life. Sodium chloride. You know what? It's pretty tasty, isn't it? No, it is. 
But if you take the Na and the Cl apart, if you just eat sodium, it's toxic. Right? That's what I read. I haven't tried it. I'm not going to try it. If you just take chloride, it's toxic. But put them together, and you get what? Salt. All right, back to the verse. Back to 8.28. And we know that tells me there's some certainty that they know something and expecting something, right? Does that make sense? In all things, God works for the good. Well, there's certainty. And then you have several other factors involved in that as well. You have, it will be what? Complete one day. Then you have this idea of God's will. And here's where I tie all this together is this. I'm not so sure we realize what we've signed up for. Have we really counted the cost? No, really. No, really. No, really. I, I haven't been in the armed services. <clears throat> I just know what my dad's told me. It seems like when you go there, you're at their beckoning. When you jump off the bus, sun strip. I mean, you're, you can't choose. Hey, I don't want you to cut my hair. No, they're going to cut your hair. Right? Do they cut your hair off? Do you get to wear? Do you? I'm just preaching, man. I can't help what she says. I can only take care of me. Out of abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's all I got to say. And so, that's what they said today, right? Didn't someone say that? I'm just quoting what someone else said. I didn't say anything. But they come off the bus, and so they don't get to choose the clothes they wear, right? I'm thinking we got this thing all messed up. Because, yeah, because what we really should tell people when they sign on and say, I'm going to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, we really need to tell them not to scare them away, but to let you know that what you'll get involved in will cost you possibly your life. Wait a second. That don't sound right. Let me tell you. That's what the Lord expects out of us. So whatever happens, it's his will be done, not my will. Does that make sense? So all things work together for the good. It's how he wants it, when he wants it done, and how he wants it done. When I go to work, I don't do the way I want to do it. I don't. Boss steps in and says, I want it this way. And I'll go, well, you about maybe doing it this way. He's like, no, we've been doing this for 102 years. I want it done this way. We're not going to change, ever. Now, I did notice in God's word that he does change his mind. You ever notice that? That's kind of weird, right? We'll talk about that later. So 
the Lord works all things for the good. Everything. Even the two bads that make the good. Right? Kind of weird, right? I'll have to let you kind of put that together. Your little formula. You know, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. All that. Just put it all together, however you want to do it. Figure all that out. That's Pythagorean, right? So, let's head to our text for today. With all that, oh, and by the way, you know what he wants with that. I'm sorry, I backed up again. My bad. So bad. You know where his goal is in all this? You know what? I, I learn lots of things from the things I go through. Make sense? No, I really learn by going through the thick stuff. Right? Or maybe you just, you know, you just read about, oh, yeah, I'm going to apply this right now. Apply it right now. No, not me. I'm a hardhead. He goes, okay, take it through it. Oh, did you learn something? Yeah, okay, finally. Right? I learn by my experiences. Right? So, all things for the good. You know what his goal is? Is to make us holy and to be like Jesus. Throw that into the mix. His goal by all of that, is to turn us into his son. A likeness. It's kind of like identical twins. You know, I come into church sometimes, and I see Marie, and I say, hey, Marie, how you doing? And then I get look at her, she's like, huh? No, it's Liddy. I haven't said her name yet. Right? It's the sister. She's like, what? Like, oh, my gosh. It looks just like, Right? I get real confused. They're identical twins. He wants us to be the same shape, bringing into harmony, to be similar and identical as Jesus Christ, his son. Okay? So put all that in a ball of wax and chew on that all week as we read chapter 7. Ready? It's a real quick read. This is great. I like reading the Bible, don't you? Matter of fact, I got up today and I was reading Revelation. Awesome. I was reading this morning. I was like, oh. Wife's in there snoring. She's still snoring. Dog was looking around like, where's my Pop-Tart? And it's sitting right there. You'll get it later on. And I was reading. And it was like the last part here. Like, like was it 19 or 20? Oh, 19. And it's talking about this guy on this white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. You ever read that part? With justice, he judges, makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire. All his head are many crowns. He has a name written on there that no one knows but he himself. He's dressed in a robe dipped with blood. The armies of heaven are following him. Okay, and I get down here, this part here, it says, and out of his mouth, okay, so it's Jesus on the white horse. And all the armies of heaven, that'll be us if we go up there, right? Before all this other things happen. And we're coming down with him. It's war time. It's war, right? Then he says here, he will rule them with an iron scepter, he treads the wine press, but it says that out of his mouth comes a sharp sword, which he comes to strike down the nations. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking <laughs> when I read that? I ain't got to do nothing to ride my horse. And he's going to go, right? Take that. Anything else you got? And I'm just back there going, did you check that out? Look at that. Whoa, yeah, whoa. 
Whoa, whoa. Right? To see God's all in all. He has no night. He has no day. He has no beginning. He has no end. He just is who he is. And he's going to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. Wow, kind of crazy, right? You see where I'm headed with all this this week? I was thinking, it's pretty heavy. All right, Esther 7. My caption says, Haman hanged. How about yours? It gives it, gives it all away, doesn't it? So the king and the Haman went to the dine with Queen Esther. And as they were drinking wine, and on the second day, the king said again, Queen Esther, what is your petition? It will be given to you. What is your request? Even up to half of the kingdom. Make sure this is my water. What's your request? The queen answers, well, if I found favor with you, O king, and it pleases your majesty, grant me two things. What? My life. He's thinking, what? Can you imagine talking about the king? You want my what? Your life. What are you talking about? This is my And spare my people. He doesn't know she's a Jew, right? She has no clue. He knows. He has no clue. This is my request. He's starting to put pieces together. Right? Because the king gave in to the Haman, like, you know, okay, this is not like the Jews. He's like, wait a second. You mean to tell me you're a part of the, right? You ever been there? Been there? As a parent, you start putting things together like, hey, 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 wait a second. Right? You go, you look at them like, okay, yeah, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Did, you, did he say that? Whoa. Because I know something he doesn't know, and he says, right, hey, 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 here. Light bulb time. I like that teaching in school. You start teaching. You start doing it like, like, all like clueless. One person's got it. Okay, good. And then two, three, and then a lot. And everybody knows it. It's, a, it's an awesome feeling. Well, the king's like, wait a second. For I and my people have been sold for destruction and slaughter and annihilation. He, uh-oh, he's already got it. I guess who's probably getting hot? Mm. Right? Can you imagine being there, being the guy, right? Kind of like, mm. kind of like, like <laughs> right? You'd be all right. Y'all choking. Well, if. We had merely been sold as male and female slaves. I would have kept quiet because no such distress would justify disturbing the king. We don't want to disturb you, O king. But King Xerxes asked the queen, well, who is he? Can you imagine? Where is this man who has dared to do such a thing? God is setting this up, isn't he? Is God in control or what? Oh, really? Is he in control? But not, you know, it's been, it's been 10 years, don't you see? It's been, no, it's been 15. Where's God? This year was kind of slow, isn't it? Right? He's doing what he wants to do. He's over here doing this. 
only do it now. Only do it now. Only do it now. I mean, have you ever thought about it? If you went to the mall and walked around, I'm thinking, okay, he knows everybody's thoughts, what they're doing right now. He knows everything about them. I'm thinking, That's, that blows my mind. I can barely figure out me, let alone my wife. Or even my kid. I can't even figure that. I can't figure that out. And he got it all. I got it all. I got it all. How does he figure all that out, right? So he wears a man. Esther said, well, an adversary, an enemy, is this vile who? Haman. <laughs> this is not good, man. That Haman was terrified. Yeah, yeah, I think I would be before the king and queen. The king got up. All right, the king doesn't just get up for nothing. Let me tell you. I'm still looking through Scripture. When Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father, he's only stood up once or twice. See what I'm saying? He just, just didn't get up just for no reason. He got up one time when Stephen was being stoned. What you doing with my boy down there? You see what I'm saying? He got up, and he went. Well, let's just read the Scripture. What does he do? King got up, left his wine, and went out into the palace garden. Why would he go out there? He's trying, he's thinking, right? But Haman realized that the king had already decided his fate. Can you imagine? He already knows. Stay, he, so he stayed behind to beg Queen Esther for his life. Okay, get the picture because this is crazy. Okay, when you know that you've been found out and you know you're going to die, you're going to die. The king's going to take you out. He's emotionally distraught, right? They must have some kind of fancy couches back there. Right? You know, you ever seen some of those nice long kind of looking couches? She's kind of sitting on the queen's sitting there, and he's kind of like begging her for his life. I don't know what he does about. He just, he's starting to break down, and he's kind of like falling on top of her, okay? Because he's emotionally distraught. He is falling upon the queen. You don't touch the queen. He realized, but just as he returned from the garden to the banquet hall, Haman was falling on the couch where Esther was reclining. The king exclaimed, well, he even molested the queen. Oh, my gosh, it's getting worse by the second. While she's with me in this house, golly, Haman, are you serious? Wow. Can you imagine the eunuchs lying around like, oh, my gosh, this is getting bad. Imagine me just part of the, right, the entourage, looking at what's going on. Can you imagine? As soon as the word left the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. See, I, I, never, I never knew that. They covered his face. Don't think about that. Then this one guy, one of the eunuchs attending the king, said, a gallows 75 feet high has been standing by Haman's house. By the way, there's some gallows. <laughs> My gosh. Okay. Great idea, right? You're feeding the king. He's like, great idea. Take that guy and what? Impal him on it. Impal. You need look, you need, don't look it up. Don't look it up. That's bad. <clears throat> yeah. So verse 10. So they hanged Haman on the gallows. He is prepared for Mordecai. Then the king's fury subsided. You know, God's full of surprises. 
Is that a surprise? Surprise! <laughs> you meant it for bad. Yeah, he is. God's working on you. He is. See, the situation that you're in right now is neither accidental nor fatal. Let me say it again. The ladies were out doing their little Christmas singing this morning. <laughs> Ran down the payway. Old by myself. That truck is running good. Had me a double dish. I did. I ate one. I was like, that wasn't enough. I went back and ordered a second. Because I could. Even the lady's like, you're back? Yes, ma'am. Give me the smaller portion. Where it is. That's all right. And I ate that too. Yeah, I know. So I said, wow. Say it backwards. Wow. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you just got it right light bulb time. And so, <laughs> it happens. I'm thinking, yeah, that's pretty good. I went back to my house, made a big fire. Yeah. Watched some high school football. Turn it off, they were slow. And then, I don't know who won. Who won, Ryan? Ryan or Dirt? Ryan? He was a tough, he was a tough man. And then I started reading a little bit. On the couch. The next thing I knew, I heard the door. I'm like, what? And April's like, and he was right there. What? 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 She's like, where you been doing? I don't know. I've just been sitting here all night. <laughs> I was not sitting there all night, man. I had double hit, cookies, coffee, fire, chilling, football, right? Little guys were mixed in there. That was a good mix. You see, I'm so blessed. So blessed. And we've been through a lot of things. And I'm still very blessed. Right? Not every day was that like that. Not every day's been like that. Right? This so happened that day was a good day. Right? But those bad things didn't take me out, did it? Just so you know, God's on your side. God's on your side. All right? God does all things well. He only does good. We've talked about that. Got to figure that out this week. And the surprises that you're in store for you are not by chance and coincidence. They are the sovereignty of God. Why are you going through what you're going through? I don't have a clue. But one day, you'll be able to slide on down the payway, sit in front of that fire, look up by the doorknob. What are you doing? Nothing. Not every day is like that. 
And it may be in the shoots of glory where we kind of fist bump. What you doing? Man, I'm going to go worship the king. You'll go with me? Just go. Just go. See what I'm saying? We're only here a little bit. But over on their side, how do you even explain eternity? I don't even know how to explain it. How do you explain it? I'm 53, and it just seems like this is something. I'm just here with vapor. In a few years, we're like, Right? God is full of surprises. We need to recognize the ruling hand of God who directs all things so that they turn out for the good of his people. And he will not lose. Therefore, Romans 8, 29, 30, somewhere in there, we're more than conquerors. You see how it all kind of, it did, you got to look at it from the bigger step out or where you're in. I'm not, I know. You get so blindsided. You're so in the middle of it, you can't see everything. Step out of that for a second. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, it says. I'm standing on that. Listen more and fill up on God's word. 